This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. In California, freelancers were hit with two big problems almost simultaneously. One was the coronavirus. The other was known as AB5, a law that put a rather large dent in the incomes of many writers, performers, artists, and others. A new lawsuit is challenging that California law at the U.S. Supreme Court. The Cato Institute has filed a brief in that case. Trevor Burris describes the argument. AB 5 is a law that was passed in California, and it was kind of uh, stunning. I saw a bunch of videos on YouTube and Twitter and elsewhere of uh, musicians and others on stage saying, this is terrible. <laughs> and so what does AB5 do? And and I guess what problem was California trying to solve in doing it? <laughs> well, I think this law is another example of California being essentially a one-party state. So it's so controlled by Democrats that it can almost do whatever it wants. I think there's a lot of danger in a one-party state. I think you see that also in Oklahoma on the other side. But because the Democrats had such control, the law was essentially written by the AFL-CIO that we, we later learned this. And of course, labor unions require there to be an employment relationship. For a very long time, labor unions, you know, they don't like independent contractors. Just think about Uber versus, say, the union of taxi cab drivers. Uh, labor unions need there to be an employer to even have labor unions. Labor unions view the gig economy as, a, as almost an existential threat. We, some people talk about, you know, 20 years, how much will we be all freelancing like all the time? Well, then you can't really create a labor union organization because you, no one has the same employer. And so in order to combat this, California went after freelancers, essentially. Anyone who kind of gets in terms of tax form, gets paid as a 1099, you get call, called in by a business and you uh, you know do some translation and they give you uh, a 1099 and they don't take out unemployment insurance and they don't have all these restrictions on them that require that an employer, if they were an employer. Yeah. It's, a, it's much more of an arm's length relationship where uh, severing that relationship is very easy for the employer or the, the or I should say the worker and the uh, the contractor. Mm. Uh, so it's uh, I can understand why a union that is uh, very much involved in uh, trying to organize people for the purposes of achieving better benefits uh, or a better treatment uh, for workers. It just their job is easier when employees are, employees. Exactly. And and they can get longer term political goals out of that because then they can take dues from labor union members. And, and you can see the kind of, it's very similar to their war against servers. Right? So they've been trying to raise the pay of, of waiters and servers. Uh, and they've been trying to say that, you know, tipping is a problem because in a, some sense, servers are kind of independent contractors. Uh, and they try to unionize, say all the McDonald's employees and what, you know, what they don't, get in this situation. I mean, I served tables for five years and yeah, my, I had problems in terms of, you know, getting, uh, guaranteed income, guaranteed minimum wage, but I had such flexibility that it was great. People love the flexibility. When I served tables, I could I could leave for two months and come back, right? And not and then say, hey, I'm going to go to Europe for two months and then I'd be back. And I could also do, do things like I could work double shifts for two weeks and make more money. And if you're an employee, you can't really do that. And so freelancers ever, freelance journalists, freelance interpreters, translators is a big one. You said musicians, gigging musicians and session 
session musicians who go in and play on an album. Everyone, as you said, they were saying, this, you're going to de destroy the, our entire way of life. And we saw, like, say, Vox came out and said, we're not hiring people in California anymore for freelance gigs. It was a real, it's a real catastrophe. And, and since the law came into effect on the 1st of January, you've seen Tons of people go to the state house. In April, the musicians went and say, "We need an exception," and, then, and now we have other people coming. Uber and Lyft have something on the ballot coming up in in the fall, and that brings us to to the lawsuit. I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with this with this law, but one of the ones is the way it treats journalists, uh, and this is a, a big First Amendment concern. So, essentially, think of all the different people who create content for on a freelance basis of different sorts that could be fine arts it could be marketing it could be graphic design or it could be journalism photojournalism newspaper cartoons these are all people who they're all it's all first amendment protected speech uh and they get they had been working in a gig fashion and so if but what the law did is it said that if you're doing freelance graphic design you can you can submit unlimited numbers to on a freelance basis but if you're doing freelance journalism you can only submit up to 35 pieces items before you that place has to consider you an employee or make you an employee and this is a real problem so in in some sense uh this is uh an imposition on freedom of association uh, it is an imposition on the nature of expression and uh, what kind of limits are placed on the nature of expression. It would be like me, in a sense, it'd be like me telling you, Trevor, yeah, you can uh, express your First Amendment rights as much as you want, but we're going to limit you to like 500 words a day in terms of your ability to express yourself. Yeah, or – you can write as many pieces about music as you want, but you can only write 30 pieces about politics. And that makes a huge First Amendment problem on the, on the face. So in, in First Amendment law, there's a bunch of concepts that you kind of have to wade through. It's sort of, you know, it's not very clear. There's a lot of exceptions. But one thing we know is that there are content-based restrictions and there are non-content-based restrictions. Uh, let me give you an example. A law that said uh, it is illegal to advocate for political violence in a park or advocate for the overthrow of the U.S. government uh, is a law that d depends on the content of the speech. It, it didn't say it's legal to, to say, you know, hold a concert or advocate for, uh, you know, free freeing Cuba or something like that. It says a specific thing, and that that's a content-based restriction, and almost assuredly would be would violate the First Amendment. But a law that said you cannot uh, speak on a PA system louder than 120 decibels in the park is not a content-based restriction. It's just saying, you, you know, it doesn't look at the content. It says, no matter what you're saying, you just can't speak louder than 120 decibels. And this is crucial because what the Supreme Court clarified in a case in 2015 called Reed is said, how do you define a content-based restriction? This can be a little bit difficult because some things on their face don't seem to be content-based restrictions, but they might be intended to be content-based restrictions. And so the Supreme Court kind of clarified this whole thing and it just said, it's very simple. If the law requires looking at the content of the speech in order to enforce it, it is content-based and therefore it gets strict scrutiny. It doesn't mean it's necessarily unconstitutional, but it definitely gets just strict scrutiny, uh, which means it's likely unconstitutional. And the claim in this case, which is brought by the American Society of Journalists and Authors, um, and the claim in this case is that clearly this law 
requires looking at the content of the speech in, to, in order to know what category you're in. Are you doing journalism? Are you doing fine arts? Are you doing graphic design? The only way you know that is to open up the piece, look at it, and determine whether and what sort of category it fits into. And the, the district court in this case casually dismissed the, dismissed it, which was pretty astounding because the court, like I said, very recently made it very clear. If you have to look at the content of the speech, it is a content-based restriction and it receives strict scrutiny. And so our brief in this case, uh, which is brought by the Pacific Legal Foundation, giving our friends at PLF, uh, many of former associates uh, at Cato work at PLF, uh, uh, that our brief uh, they says that the court has to look at this with strict scrutiny. It's it it couldn't be clearer. It's it really kind of blew my mind when I read the district court opinion and said, "How did they miss this?" I know some PLFers quite well, as you might imagine. Yes, of uh, <laughs> and uh, so. Th- Going forward, um, if if the uh, lower court s- sort of tossed aside this concern that allowed them to circumvent strict scrutiny, that comes back, though, right? Yes. What what would happen would be that the the Ninth Circuit in this case would remand that to the district court to to re scrutinize the law, and you know, unfortunately, this law is it would only it wouldn't. You know, render the entire AB five unconstitutional. It's a it's a small part of it, which is unfortunate, because it is absolutely like wreaking havoc. I mean, I, I was reading an article the other day. Women in particular have been extremely affected by this law, and women journalists doubly so because of these restrictions. Uh, but you know, a lot of women decide to do freelance work because of the flexibility that I discussed. It allows them to, you know have the kids from say 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., maybe give them to a nanny, work for four hours on a b- bunch of freelance thing, go back with the kids. All that stuff has empowered women to have home businesses, which have increased dramatically for women. They've been really crushed by this. Also people of color. So it's very unfortunate uh, that the California passes law. So yes, if we win this this First Amendment challenge, we can free up journalists. And so sure, now People who want to write for Vox might be able to write for Vox, but but which would be a, an important victory, but it would still not rectify how damaging AB5 is to the California economy. And then you you add to that uh, a global pandemic. Yeah. Where where journalists quite often are accustomed to uh, working from home in, in general, uh, especially freelancers who are putting together various pieces. And if they get paid by the piece, uh, you've cut them off at the knees. Yeah. I mean, it, the the pandemic will have, and people have talked about how it will have long-term effects on employment in a variety of ways. Uh, some of it just be, do you have to work from from the office? Uh, we could reclassify some employees possibly as freelancers, which helps both the employee and the employer. And that's the thing that you know labor unions don't get. But I, I'm, I, I do think that this is a very self-serving move by labor unions. I think they earnestly believe that being an employee is better. I, th- I, th- I don't you know, impugn the motives. And in many times it can be better. But I also think that labor unions see the writing on the wall and are very afraid of where the economy is going for their own future uh, because it will become, it's going to become more versatile, more freelancy, more complex in terms of fewer employers and more people getting paid for freelancing. And that's not good for labor unions, and they know it. I would guarantee that they have had meetings about this, about the future of the economy and what to do about it. And one of the things they proposed was this law. And it's just not – it doesn't work for journalists. It doesn't work for – mothers. It doesn't work for just about anyone in California. Trevor Burris edits the Cato Institute's Supreme Court Review. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.